All right, what's up? Welcome back to the High Button Podcast. My name is Justin Belanger. Thank you very much for tuning in today. It is Monday, June 3rd. I'm not sure what the official date is of summer. I think it's the 21st, 21st or 22nd of June. Uh, the weather, I hate, what am I doing? I hate starting a podcast talking about the weather. Um, Raptors. Or in the NBA Finals, the series is 1-1. Last night was a tough loss against the Golden State Warriors. But yeah, you can't be disappointed. Like, they won the first game. The, the Golden State Warriors, you got to remember, are the, are the back-to-back NBA champions. Maybe three-time back-to-back-to-back-to-back. I think just back-to-back champions. You can't be disappointed with one loss. If, they're, if they are going to win, I think it's going seven. There's no way that it'll go five or six. If they if they do end up pulling this thing through, it's going to go seven. They have to go the distance with Golden State. Um, that team is fantastic, but I think Toronto has that special that special what do you call it the uh, you know the special touch the special magic this year. You know how some teams every once in a blue moon have that have that special chemistry on a team where every player knows its role. The coaching staff is, is on point. And they know their team well. I think that the, the I think that the Toronto Raptors have that this year. I'm not an X's and O's guy when it comes to basketball. I don't know the sport that well and how to how to operate, how to manage a team. I guess I could manage a team. It's the same thing as managing a hockey team. Uh, but the X's and O's coaching, I'm not I'm not too sure on that stuff. Um, but when I watch it on TV, they you know they look like an in, they look like a sound team. They look like they know what they're doing. And I'm just gonna shut up before I uh, before I sound even uh, more ridiculous. But good luck to the Toronto Raptors, Golden State, whatever. Um, I sound like a two year old here, shit talking the Golden State Warriors. Who cares? Um, yeah, summer's around the corner. I hate talking about weather. Raptors. Let's get into today's podcast guest today. On the High Button Podcast, we have Chantel Bryan. Chantel runs a really cool company here in Halifax called On Point. What they do essentially is help athletes that are finished their career, so post-career, adjust to the real world in the workforce is essentially what I'm getting from her. We had a phone call the other day uh, on Friday, sorry, last week, and she gave me a little bit of a rundown, what the company does, how they help out their clients, and most importantly, how they make people feel comfortable in the real world after sports or after their athletic career. Because, you know, I'll admit it, it is, is, it is a tough one. I've played hockey my whole life competitively uh, at a high level and you know, that, that sport consumes your life. Yeah. You're still involved in school and work, but nothing full time. Hockey was full time. And when hockey was over, it was definitely a a little bit of a, a, you know, an an adjustment coming into the real world, working full time. I wasn't really a huge fan of what I was doing. I was a banker. I worked at uh, Kent in the lumber yard. I worked at uh, a hotel. Hotel wasn't that bad, but you know, there was definitely jobs out there that I fuck. I I just I absolutely hated. Uh, it wasn't for me. That's why I started the high button. It was able. You know, I'm able to start my own career. I work towards. Uh, you know, myself. In order for this company to grow, I have to work hard. But I don't mind working hard for this company due to the fact that I'll most likely be doing it for the rest of my life. Um, you know, hopefully Chantel has you know, little nuggets of advice for anyone out there that's maybe coming to that point in their life. They're they're ending their hockey career, ending their baseball career, football career, rugby career, swimming career. Uh, there's, you know, tons of sports, but whatever career they're ending uh, in the athletic world, maybe she'll give you some nuggets on, on how to how to adjust to the real world and how to attack uh, with full steam ahead in order to, to make a career for yourself. So I hope that you enjoy this podcast. Once again, my name is Justin Belanger. We are talking to Chantel Bryan today. This is the high button. You know what comes next. Here we go. All right, guys, we're going. Chantel, Kelly, thanks for coming on the podcast, guys. Awesome thank to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. So from what I took from the conversation we had on Fridays that you help people, you know, bridge the gap between the athletic career to the, uh, I guess, real world. How did you get involved in that? They summed it up perfectly. Yeah. So um, started uh, with On Point uh, in its current iteration about a year ago. Wow. So we're just actually celebrating the one year of the brand 
to really answer your question, I got to travel back a little bit in my own career. Um, That's fine. Cool. And, uh, you know, I, I think I was starting to share a little bit with uh, Kelly at some point um, when he started with us a couple of weeks back. Um, for me, like I lived uh, a piece of um, doing work that I wasn't connected to. Right. Okay. And I think many of us have some kind of part of our past where we go, how did I get here? And not that it's all bad, but there are definitely parts of it where you find yourself questioning and go, is this really what I want to do? And so that uh, questioning happened about seven years ago or so for in my own career. Okay. Um, and working with a mentor came to be that we said, you know what? Enough's enough. Life's too short to do something you don't love. It takes a lot of work to figure out what that is. And I want to help other people do that and earlier. So how do we do that? Okay. Uh, and quite simply, Justin, that was the birth of the company about, again, a year ago, yeah. um, but we've been doing the work underneath a different brand for about two and a half years or so. Okay. Um, and then really realized last year that no, there's something here. There's enough individuals that also believe and buy into the fact that life's too short to, you know, to just work. Mm. The cool thing about athletes, they know what that feels like, mm. right? Like they, they know what that passion is to love their sport and leave it all in the game. And you're thinking about it consistently, constantly. So you know what it feels like. Mm. So then to do anything less? Yeah. It's not on. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's true. So how did you get involved, Kelly? Uh, so at Dalhousie, we have to do a mandatory three co-ops through business. Okay. And uh, a friend of mine, Jesse Lucier, who used to play for the Mooseheads, yep. went through the program kind of thing. And he said, listen, they're looking for a new co-op student. So I applied through Dal online. And it's uh, kind of how I got here. And it's my first month here. And I really enjoyed it so far. That's sick. Well, it yeah. seems like a great transition into you know a job that you, you said you're 24. Yeah. Like I remember being that age. And that was the perfect age for me where I made that decision you said you made seven years ago, where you just have to find almost a gap in between finding something you love to do and make it into work. So what you just said, it sounds like he's going through that process right now. So it seems like you two are a good team. Oh, it's been, uh, it, it's really cool. So Kelly mentioned there the program. So the Mooseheads have been a client of ours for about two years. Not a bad client to have. Fantastic, <laughs> right? Fantastic. You can't yeah. get, uh, you know, a better organization who really believes and wants to support the full person and the full athlete, right? Um, and so we've been working with their particularly alumni, right? So folks like Kelly um, who are in post-secondary, maybe done post-secondary, or, you know, they never went to post-secondary, but they're done their hockey career. Yeah maybe still playing, um, but, you know, they know they're not going to the NHL, right? Um, and so working with them primarily to say, okay, what's next, mm. right? How are you going to figure out how you're going to do exactly what you just said? How to, number one, figure out what is it that you're actually passionate about as a second career in a mm. lot of cases? And then how the heck do you connect that to a career where you're going to make the kind of lifestyle that you want, which is different for everybody? Well, that was right? my question. Like, is there a formula to this or is this a lot of listening and kind of reacting to what people say i love that question <laughs> formula so definitely probably formulas too uh too exact because each and every single person is different right but absolutely what we've built over the last couple of years is what we call like a framework because as you can appreciate this is a really big question so how do you start to tackle that without having some kind of framework to actually think within? What we've done is say, okay, you know what? We've worked with about 2,500 or so young adults, wow. typically like 19 to 29. Wow. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. I'm biased. I, I want to work with more. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, well, I know we're only reaching the tip of the iceberg, right? Oh, yeah. um, There's a lot of people that have this. Well, think, you got to think how many people are out there that are athletes and how many yeah. people are you know, going to finish at some point and then they got to hit the real world and not all of them have sponsorship dollars to make a living. Exactly. Right? And I, th I think that's the biggest thing. Like for me, like I know my hockey career is kind of over. I got one more year at Dow. What do like, what do I want to do after? And I think that, uh, like I had to sign up, you know, you get an email from the Moose said sign up. It's about building your resume, building, uh, connections through, let's say I'm in business marketing right now. So I've had to go meet a mentor as in he teaches me what I do. Like connects me to this person this person so how can i build my own resume my own portfolio and the program helped me do that with same with austin hardy just lucy by meeting people uh how to speak like how to conduct interviews the right way and mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of people don't get that you're an athlete like some things come naturally but not the little things that you don't get taught in school and i think that's where the program really steps in and really helps you build your own portfolio like i said i like that yeah that's really well said and the thing about playing with these high-level teams, even if you don't play major junior hockey, if you yeah. go to – who did we have on the podcast? Um, 
we had uh, William. He goes to Harvard. Oh, okay. And I was telling him, you know, half of going to Harvard, it's great that you're playing hockey there, but the networking opportunities that you're going to have there and the people that you're going to be able to talk to. Same with the Mooseheads, though. Yeah. You're up in that media booth, the broadcasting people you're going to get to talk to, the NHL scouts, everybody that's involved in the hockey community. It's great that you're playing hockey, but you got to utilize what's around you at that time. And I don't think people... Like, I think at a young age, like when I played for there for a little bit, I was just like, you know, screw everything else. I'm, exactly. you know, I'm, a, fucking, I'm a hockey player. I played yeah. for the Mooseheads for a bit here. You don't think about anything else. But if you're able to transfer the mind of people, okay, yeah, you're playing hockey. But think about the future just a little bit while you're playing. That could be, that could be a formula for you. Well, yeah. I'm sure that's like what you're going for. <laughs> uh, this is such good synergy, right? So it's bang on what you just said. And I think Kelly's a great example of how do you, you know, how do you start to articulate what it is that you actually enjoy? Be brave enough, and one, number one, to do that, right? That's a tough like, one. This is a big question we're talking about. You know, when I go into um, classrooms or when we have folks attend our online workshops or speaking gigs and we talk around, what do you want to do with your life? And let's break that down. So let's take this really big, hairy, audacious, scary as all heck question and let's break it down just step by step. What's important to you? What do you value? Mm -hmm. Why? What kind of environment do you want to work best in? What kind of environment do you thrive in? When we're working with our athletes in particular, you can start to break down, okay, who was your best coach? Why? Who was the best uh, team captain that you had? Were you the team captain? Why? What kind of style did you have? So really trying to translate all of that and take it out of that particular arena and boil it up to actually how do you hold yourself in life, right? So I remember working with Brent. Um, and you know, team captain, right? For a couple of years, team captain UPEI. Andrews, Brent. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, as an employer, man, oh man, you immediately go, wow, potential. I don't need to know anything else about you. You played for the Halifax Mooseheads, and then you were team captain. No, that's not required. But I'm making assumptions. Those assumptions are typically going to be in an athlete's favor, right? There are tons of research that show from Deloitte, from Ian Y, or Ernst Young, sorry, like how much executives value the leadership skills, the tenacity, the work ethic that comes with being an athlete. Now I'm generalizing a little bit, but for the most part, you've got a lot already working in your favor. Mm. How do you actually translate those things into your next step? And what's been really fascinating is working with athletes and both, you know, males and females from a variety of different sports, from a variety of different backgrounds. We've even had folks who've played pro. They've retired at 28. Mm, that's young. Like, you know, 28, yeah. even if you had enough money in the bank, what are you going to do? Play golf all the rest of your, yeah. you know, 28 more years? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. It's going to get bored really quick. Yeah. So how do you, again, go through that process around figuring out what do I want to do? And then the, the really cool part is we get tactical. So we don't like to just think up in the clouds. This is about, okay, what skills do I need to build? So Kelly mentioned the resumes, the interviewing. Um, but the biggest ones, in my opinion, Justin, it's the, it's the soft skills. So it's the connection building. It's learning how to build meaningful relationships with people and communicate who you are and what you're about and then build it from there. Mm. So each of the folks that we work with, they're paired with a mentor for a very strategic reason. Cool. Right? Like, and I'm So each person so has a mentor that they go through with. I like that. You got it. Right. So think of it as you, you come with, you have a coach in your corner. When a client works with us, yeah. typically it's going to be that we're going to help them actually create a mentorship program that's going to bring the right kinds of leaders from the community to connect with their former players and alumni in a meaningful way. So it's not a matter of Kelly goes and has coffee, um, you know, with you once and you and Kelly never talk again. Great conversation could have been wonderful. Hmm. That's not really what we're talking about. What we're talking about is helping provide an opportunity for somebody to have a meaningful relationship over at least a six or eight month period of time where they really get to build a trust and a respect there where you can have those hard conversations to say, you know what? I really actually think I would love to go into sales, but I don't, I don't think my communication skills are that great yet. Mm -hmm. What should I be doing? Who should I be talking to? And at the same time, that person also holds you up. So maybe you're beating yourself up. But they see in, in you that actually, nah, that's not the challenge. Mm. The challenge maybe just confidence. I was going to say that's a tough conversation to have with someone, just opening up to someone what your what your fears are, I guess you could say. Like just, I've never really had a mentor. I guess I have had a mentor, but it would just be tough to sit down and tell someone your weaknesses if you don't know them on a, on a personal level, just a complete stranger. So how do you guys pair people up with mentors? So for the Moosehead program, like they send you an email, like as soon as you're done your 20 year, 19 year, whenever you're done, they'll send you an email through this. Yeah. You go on their website, sign up and he like 
put in your personal information. So I'm a third year business student. Uh, my major's marketing. So then they, mar- they matched me up, sorry, with a, a former alumni. So mine was Colby Pridham on the Moose Center. No way. So I'm sure people. That's cool shit. Yeah. That's awesome. And he's, uh, he, you know, after his hockey career is over, like he's a really good hockey player, but he went into business marketing kind of thing. And now he works for, I believe it's Sea Atlantic, okay. uh, Sports Entertainment Atlantic. So uh, I'm going through the process now. I got to reach out to him and I got to go for my first interview kind of thing. That's I really haven't cool. done that yet. So it's one of those things where I'm working with Chantel now and I've been asking her lots of questions like, how can I open up like you said like it's for hockey players you know it's kind of tough to but but it sounds like it would be easier if you're talking to colby because you guys essentially went through the same path exactly you know and that's why i think that's where it's not just a random mentor that's what that's i'm not meeting a random person at tim hortons yeah Yeah. (laughs) we have stuff in common you know maybe the first time will be a little awkward like you can ask these questions but i think after a while like we've both been through the same steps but he's has that experience he has that uh Oh, no worries. Yeah, he uh, yeah, he has the experience that I've been through, just more years of it, right? Yeah. So it's one of those things where he might be 34, 35, 36, however old he is. I'm 24. He's been through what I've been through, that transition process, and that's where he's there to help. And that's the same with Jesse Luce, Austin Hardy. They've been through this program. They've had those mentors where maybe in school you don't get those things. Like I know at Dow they make you build a resume, mm-hmm. but it's just a simple like bang, bang, bang. Everything's the same. Where now, like with Chantel, with him, like they'll show you the soft skills that you didn't know you had. And I think that's a big one. Wow. Yeah. The cool part. um, And so, you know, Kelly joined us as um, a co-op student, right? Um, And has become an integral part of the team. So we're a small business. We're a startup in essence, right? So there are myself, we've got Kelly, we've got another co-op student from Dowhousie and uh, one other uh, individual on kind of our PR marketing side of things and the cool thing is again um, and we've, we've had the opportunity to have a couple former athletes um, and, and current but former elite right in some way shape or form um, still playing varsity join us and that resilience particularly from a small business perspective super cool mm. because we don't have it all figured out we don't have processes in place yet uh, oftentimes the folks who are joining us were creating processes for the first time mm. which means you need to figure it out and i don't have all the answers right <laughs> at and least you at least you could admit that <laughs> some people don't <laughs> some people say i do have all the answers Joy and then it's just a turn off yeah exactly So what's the biggest challenge you think when it comes to this coming a new client in? Is it getting to know the person asking about them or is it right to the business of what are your skill sets? What are your weaknesses? Yeah. So the biggest challenge from a, from, I think a personal, like, so participants of our clients who are participating in programs, um, is vulnerability for sure. Nail on head, right? How do you, um, how do you create room to invite somebody in to have a conversation that's really about your life. Mm. Yes, we're couching it in career, but we spend 70, 80% of our career or of our lives in our career. For those of us that are entrepreneurs, forget it. That's like a hundred percent, regardless of whether or not it's intentional or not. Right. Um, So how do you create the space to do that? We do a lot of work behind the scenes with mentees. What's mentees? So a mentee, for example, would be somebody like Kelly. Okay. who is our client's participant okay. or alumni or student or employee who we've been um, partnered with that client to support through this transition period. And so behind the scenes, we do things like workshops, either online or in person, breaking down the concept even of what is a mentor, how do you actually start to build that relationship? So we'll get right into the tactics of how do you actually have that first conversation so it doesn't feel like an awkward first date. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, And then how do you prepare ahead of time so that you're actually gaining value out of that? But that so you're also adding value. Mm. So, again, really, when I kind of step back and look at it, we're trying to build a skill set of learning how to build a meaningful relationship that is not transactional, that if you can learn this in the six months, eight months that you're part of a client's program, man, you've got the skill for life. And that's the number one skill in addition to communication that if you've got, you're going to be great no matter what you do, no matter what field you go into, because it's about people. It's half the game. Right. It's half the game. So what was your experience for the first time, like opening up and I guess, was it, was it with Colby? Like your first time sitting down? And yeah. Just, so, so how was that? Yeah, actually I haven't even met with him yet. Okay. I've been a little bit uh, behind the eight ball. Okay. Uh, I've been busy trying to get this co-op figured out yeah. and I was going through exams. So I do have to reach out. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing I think is just sitting down talking about what, what to talk about kind of thing. Yeah. Cause for me, 
you know, it's it's hard to realize that hockey's almost over. It's one of those things where you're like, wow, uh, I'm 24 now. What the hell do I do with my life? Yeah. And uh, so that's one of those things you got to sit down and ask him how he transitioned easier. And uh, I know I'm not making the NHL. I figured that out for a couple of years now. And I think uh, that's where I got to figure out, like, do I want to do policing? Do I want to stay in business? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, you know, he'll help you with that. Because, like, a lot of people don't have that person to reach out to. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say for you, example, like, I'm not sure, but you want to start the podcast. Did you have someone to talk to? Like, you don't have those top initiatives, like, or top people to go to and ask, like, listen, how do you do this? How do you get a fan base? How do you get a following kind of thing? And I think that's where this, like, the mentorship program for it let's say is uh it just it's just not a step-by-step but it's it guides you in the right direction for yeah. su- to be successful it's an interesting thing i you say you know, i'm not going to make the nhl there's different ways like when i started this podcast yeah. i wanted to be evolved around top level athletes like yeah. when we who do we have on we had george larock on yes that's great he he made he made it to the nhl yeah. and that was just a stepping stone in order for us to get media passes to go to the mem cup yes and that's not the NHL, but that's a pretty big platform, right? And this started, this podcast started from, you know, me talking to my buddies about last year's Stanley Cup final, and we were consistent with it. Next thing you know, we get big guests. Next thing you know, we're at the Mem Cup. So when you say, like, I'm not going to make the NHL, like, if you want to go into business, there's ways to make the NHL. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. when I was down in the tunnel talking to the boys, we were talking to uh, Dobson there, we are talking to Barron. It made me feel like I was in the queue. It, you know, it made me, there's different ways to make oh, things yeah. happen like that. Like, I know... I know it's it's cliche to say, but like, yeah, you might not make the NHL, but you can make it in different ways. That's one thing I've learned about this. Like, this came from fucking. This came from nothing. Yeah. We were doing nothing. You just keep doing it, and if you want to get in business, you can do it. If you want to be a police officer, don't like uh, Mooseheads or don't the guys uh, NHL teams. They have like a, a cop surrounding the team. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like, there's different ways to make it. Anyway, exactly. that's my advice for oh, you. Yeah. Is like, there's plenty of ways to make things happen you just don't have to be a player there's yeah. different and it's been fun to watch you guys like i've noticed on your social media that you guys have been growing so much like it's cool to watch those interviews and yeah you guys are interacting on the streets with fans people know who you are and that that was a cool thing to actually see but you guys grow up because i followed you guys since day one and it's been awesome to see that it's and that's cool. the process that's yeah. the cool thing about it is that it comes from nothing and you can turn it into something somehow i can't give you an answer of how we did it no. it's just waking up every day and just uh what do they call it? like hitting the tire or chopping the tree yeah something like that i'm terrible with quotes <laughs> but that's all it is man yeah that's all it is, at least in my opinion. I'm sure you have other advice. There's people that can give you your mentorship. Colby exactly. will have a different answer than I have, but yeah. I don't know. There's just so many different ways to make your career happen. Exactly. Yeah. Look at us. We're sitting in a basement talking into three microphones, but yet thousands of people are listening. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's cool. It is. It yeah. is. And, you know, it's interesting. I think uh, uh, you talk about making your career happen. You got to. So that is by far one of the foundational pieces of, of On Point. It's... It's not about somebody doing for you. It's about somebody supporting you through unconditionally. There is zero judgment. It's your career. You're going to make the decisions around what you want to do. And yes, you've got a mentor. And yes, we're working with you behind the scenes or through workshops. But it's your career. We're there to support you in your direction. So ultimately, they're just pieces of information that you've got to run through your own filter around. Does that what, is that what matters to me? Is that what I'm passionate about? And it's really cool to be doing this because I see your passion for what you do. Well, that's all it is, is passion. If you don't have passion, you're going to be... I think working a job, you know, not that there's anything wrong with working a job, no, no. but if you want to, you know, make a step in a career and be an entrepreneur, you got to have passion. I think that's just the name of the game. That's all it is. Wholeheartedly agree. Drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So what about you? Do you have any athletic background career? Like how did you get involved in the, in the whole athletic side of things? Yep. Uh, so um, for me, it was dance. <clears throat> okay. Bit of the uh, the uh, on point name came from that. On point. Yeah. Explain. I don't. I yep. don't get that. Absolutely. You didn't have a, a ballet in your history somewhere. <laughs> I, was, I never. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> um, so um, uh, in ballet, when you um, uh, build up enough strength, and a certain kind of ballet is dancing on point, so on the tip of your toes, legit. Oh, that like looks right painful. Toe. It is. <laughs> You, my feet that, are irrevocably forever messed up. Your feet are messed up right now? Yeah. That sucks. For life. <laughs> my ankles are messed up from hockey skates, so everyone, I'm sure you're power bump. Yeah, yeah I got that. Yeah. Oh, man. 
fist. Yeah. You got bad. Let me see your knuckles. I guess they don't have fighting in AS. No, they don't have fighting, but a couple scars have broken a couple of them. So same with the nose. It's a constant part of conversation. All right. But no, for me, it was dance. So I danced from the time I was three years old till I was 18. Okay, cool. Um, And everything in between. And so um, that whole piece around, you know, your life revolving, quite frankly, around a sport. Mm. Um, your Your circle of friends becomes to revolve around that. Um, you know, the, the resilience of doing something when every bone in your body, every muscle in your body is quivering with the strength that it takes to do what you got to do, but yet you're pushing through anyway, Mm. um, to be critiqued quite frankly, which I think is something we don't always talk about as it relates to sports. And I think it's beginning more and more and more like we were watching the Raptors in the golden state game last night. And it's just the amount of pressure that is on elite level athletes. And I see it even, I'm sure you saw it at Mem Cup. Mm. Like there is a fair amount of eyeballs that are watching and criticizing every single thing that you do. Mm -hmm. And so how you as a young individual in particular balance that and react to that, do you react to it? Do you internalize it? Um, Those again are all things where I go, man, from an athlete to be able to take and build that strength within, Mm. well, nobody's now going to rock you right? Because you're solid in and of yourself. So that's a huge employability skill. Um, in terms of how we actually got to where we are today with the business, mm. uh, we were doing a lot of work with international students. Oh, yeah. Um, because as you can appreciate for Nova Scotia, um, we've got a, um, a priority here on keeping international students in the province, mm-hmm. right? So we have about 11,000 that come here every single year. Do we actually? I didn't know that. That's crazy. Uh-huh. 11,000. One of them. <laughs> are you? Where are you from? <laughs> from Bermuda. Are you? Yeah, right so uh, this time of year is a uh, bit of a stretch for me <laughs> why is it oh you're just busy it's hard it's it's cold is it cold in bermuda right now no, it's oh cold the, oh sorry here. i was like what the hell are you talking about no, yeah it's, it's summer back home already <laughs> they send me pictures and i go i don't want to see this like, summer summer's like two weeks away you'll be all right don't worry about it i'm gonna just hold go to, you to that yeah we'll see <laughs> <laughs> totally gonna hold you to that but anyway so i came here myself right okay, as an international nice. student and and for me nova scotia has been a place of opportunity so that yeah. was a large part of, of how we started the journey with on point was saying look we know we've got thousands of international students here at when we started the business justin roughly we were only retaining about two to three percent of those eleven thousand. now the recent data that we've got is we're roughly around like 11 percent, mm. which is great 83 percent want to stay so we've got some work still to do to close the gap. Okay. Um, but we were doing everything we've been talking about in terms of athletes. We were doing that work with international students and still do. Um, so around figuring out, okay, what do you want to do? And then specifically, how does that connect to the labor market here? Right? So how do we make sure that we're building your skills, your connections locally, and your confidence to be able to get into the communities that you want to be able to get into here? As you can appreciate, different cultures, right? Yeah. So there's... It can be tough for people that are coming here from a different country. And it can be tough for people that are from here as well. I remember being in school and being put in a group with, you know, f- people that are foreign and even the language barrier, just like trying to communicate, okay, I'm going to do this part of the project. You do this part of the project. You do this part of the project. And then they come back with a different part of the project because the communication barrier was just messed up. It can be tough for both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, and then same for employers. Yeah. Right. So that's part of the reason why each of those, again, the individuals that we work with, we've got currently about 200 right now across Atlantic Canada. Huh. Um, they're paired with a mentor, right? Yeah. So part of that breaking down barriers, helping really humanize and, and make real connections. Mm. But it was because of that work that the conversation started with the Mooseheads. Well, right. Okay. See, um, that's the stepping stone. That's how that Moosehead conversation happens. You got it. That's right. cool. And subsequent since. So we also do work with um, uh, university athletic teams as well. Mm. And uh, But the conversations we have are all the same. What do you want to do? How do you create a plan from where you are today to get to where you want to be? And mm. who do you need in your circle? What skills do you need? And what do you need to do to get you there as okay. quickly as possible? Mm. Recognizing for each of us, that's a little bit different. Definitely. But I think that comes with age. That's what I was saying to Kelly when you were in the washroom. It's like you're 24. It's like, okay, you're going to have that moment soon. Like you're yeah. going to, I don't know. Do you know what you want to do yet? Well, realistically, I'd love to be a police officer. I think okay. that's my, since I was a kid, that's what I wanted to do. Cool. And number one, obviously hockey, every kid's dream in Canada kind of thing. And then, but then it comes a point where I think I had that last year. I was like, wow, I'm going into my third year university. You know, I'm just getting five, six points a year. Not, yeah. not putting up big numbers in AUS. I love hockey, but there's a point where you got to sit down and figure out what you got to do. And I think that's when I really started reaching out to people and like seeing, started going and ride along, started talking to business people. Like how did you start your own business? And that's 
the point I had where he realized, I'm sure I listened to the, with Aaron Hoyles there. He yeah. had the same thing. Yeah. He uh, realized, you know, time to turn it around and figure out what, what you want to do. And I think that's where uh, everyone has that realization. Either you go pro for hockey or you don't. And that's when there's people like Chantel come in and the company of On Point comes in. Or, and there's, there's many other ways you can get a mentor. But that's when someone, even your parents can be someone you talk to, listen, got to figure it out. And yeah. I think that's where I really came in last year for that. That's cool. Yeah. What was a ride around? A ride around? Like I want to go on one yeah. of those. So I went with Cole Hawes. I'm not sure if you know. Yeah, him. I know Cole. Yeah. yeah. So I went with him. Uh, former hockey, hockey player. player. Yeah, he was real good. And he made it cool. We went overnight, and there was a couple things that happened. Like there's a house break, and we went to. They had a couple of streets blocked off and stuff. Trying to find this guy. Do you get to wear a bulletproof vest? No, I was. No. Uh, if I went into action, I might have got shot. But, uh, <laughs> no, no vest, but. Uh, yeah, so we chased after we parked the car downtown. He chased after some drunk guy who was like swearing. To pe- I don't know if I can speak about this. I had to sign a confidentiality agreement, but uh, nothing bad. No, he chased after a guy, arrested him while I was just stuck in the car, just sitting there like the lights on, blocked the street off. But it was a pretty cool experience. It was my first one, and then uh, another guy I really look up to is Ray Turner. He's pretty high up in the police here in Halifax. Okay, and he's a great guy, and uh, you know he's take he's taking me to shooting range stuff like that. Yeah. So it's a uh, good experience for that way, and I had a lot of fun with it. You ever talk to uh, Jules Eddie LaRock there? He's a cop. He used yeah. to play for the Mooseheads. Yeah, so with the Mooseheads there, they kind of used to have a one-on-one program. Okay. With them, like, uh, they match up with the police kind of thing. And, okay, cool. And uh, he had our whole team into the uh, the department over in Dartmouth there. Yeah. And we each got, like, a knife cut. Uh, like, it's like an electric shock, but it feels like a knife. And what? then they tased us as well. Just so like, that uh, cool. what's, that mo- <laughs> what's that movie? The Hangover. The Hangover, well, yeah. Where they all get... <laughs> yeah. So he... Uh, we had to be held there and he tased us in the back and I'm there just like no freaking way. out. Yeah. So it was kind of cool experience, that stuff. Like obviously you never want to be tased or anything, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it was a good experience and he's a really great guy. Jules Eddie is. Yeah. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. So good. that's good stuff. That sounds like a great way to get to know what you want to do is like not, um, you know, like take your kids to work day, like yeah. going on a ride along, exactly. just doing something cool like yeah. that. And it's, I think that's something for, even if you don't want to be a police, I think everyone should try it at least once. You know, it's Yeah, uh, I want to go on a ride yeah, alone. You, and Have you ever been? My husband's an RCMP officer. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool experience. I think you could just, just to see the other side of life, like you, you go to a bar, you might be kind of, you might see someone get thrown in the drunk tank, but if you go on a ride along, you get to see the stuff you don't normally see throughout the day. That'd be cool. Yeah. You know what's interesting is is that whole piece, and Kelly and I have chatted clearly again because my husband is RCMP and going, oh, that's really cool that you want to do that, and, and you know, why, yeah. right? And so you start to connect the dots, I think, you know, between um, why it was that maybe we were a good fit, and, and it's really cool for me, by the way, when you're able to work with people who are just as passionate about what you do as you are, I'm sure you feel the same, right? It's pretty special, but it's the power of experience. Mm. So yes, there's one thing to think that I might want to be a police officer. It's one thing to think I might want to go into business, which is, let's face it, a really big category, right? Um, It's one thing to think technology, but how do you actually, if you've never had exposure to any of those things before, if if mom and dad aren't in any of those fields, um, or let's say you're not close with mom and dad, or who knows what that situation looks like, if you don't have anybody you can actually talk to and you've never got the opportunity to live it, you're kind of shooting blind a little bit. So that's why I think things like co-op and internships, um, you know, if you've got the opportunity to do them when you are in, you know, university yeah. or college, man, great opportunity to try. Yeah, you know? it is. Well, just being young in general, yeah. time to make mistakes, time to get out there and learn what the world's about. And rebound, realize the world doesn't end when it doesn't yeah. matter what you wanted. <laughs> Honestly, it took me to the age of like 22, 23, sadly enough to know that the world wasn't coming to me. Like when you're playing hockey, everything's given to you. Even yeah. like, even when it comes to like the trainers, just like, okay, you need anything? Okay, here you go. You go home. All right, you need anything? Here you go. As long as hockey's good, here you go. And then when hockey's over, the world's just like, oh, you don't play hockey anymore? Okay, well, well what do you do now? And the world doesn't come to you anymore. No. And then you got to figure it out. And I learned that the tough way. And uh, my co-op was, I, I, my co-op was bad. I was, uh, I was at Scotiabank. Not a numbers guy. <laughs> and I remember I'd sit there at the cash register every morning waking up and I just dread going to work every single day. I'd sit there and just count change for people. And then, you know, 
six months earlier, I'm playing in front of 5,000 people. And it's just like, what are you doing, Justin? That was tough in my life. It was really tough. And there was people around me and their goal was to sit in an office from nine to five for the rest of their life. And they couldn't, they were so pumped about it. And I just couldn't get that excitement. And it was tough for me to go home every day and be like, what are you doing, Justin? Everyone's excited about the future and how they get to sit in a cubicle from nine to five. And I'm just dreading that. So I remember that being a tough point in my life. So companies like yours, I hope that there's more people out there like me that, you know, maybe find you earlier. Because if I had, you know, you when I was 24, 23 or at Kelly's age, it would have been beneficial to me. So hopefully, uh, hopefully people find you. Is there any other companies like you around here in Atlantic Canada? So it's, you know, for us, uh, we work in partnership, right? So we, we are, our clients would form sports teams, again, athletic departments, uh, universities, colleges, um, um, even employers where again, either in some cases we're working specifically with athletes, other cases, it could be a broad range of young individuals. Yeah. We've bumped into a few who have, and I would argue, do parts. Yeah. Like, for example, career services centers at, at post-secondary institutions. They take care of the resume, I call the tactics, right? Mm. Um, what we find, though, often is individuals aren't utilizing those um, or, quite frankly, just under-resourced, right? Um, and so it's also a matter of, again, taking ownership of that career and saying, maybe it's not just one data point. How many different data points can you get? And do you have a diverse you know, piece of information, or you're hearing the same thing over and over again, it's like insanity, right? If you're doing mm. it and you're not seeing the results that you want to see, well, maybe you need to change the game a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I think, you, again, you hit on a point there that there's a timeliness to this. Like we can't force somebody to come sit down and have a conversation and say, Hey, you want to think about your career? You want to meet your mentor? I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm not going to sit over your shoulder and watch you have that conversation. Mm. Nor are most of the mentors that we engage with or our clients engage with. Like they're there to support. Yeah. They will absolutely nudge, you know, to say, Hey, I haven't heard from you, Kelly in a while. Like everything. Okay. I'm here when you need me, but it is not their role to hold your hand and pull you along. So that structure that I think a lot of athletes have been very familiar with, Mm. we try and introduce a little bit of that because we want to make it a bit of a softer landing and a bridge. Mm. But at the end of the day, go, no, 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 it's on you. We're here to support, Mm. but we're in your camp. We're behind you. I see what you're saying. Boosting you forward. Yeah. But you're driving the bus. Yeah. Right? Um, Do you mind me asking, how did you eventually land where you are? So how did you figure it out? Um... I, it was, I was, uh, how did I figure it out? Such a bad question. I don't know. You just, you, you come to a point in your life where you just make a decision. That's what it's about. Making a decision, knowing your passion and just, just going. I remember I lived out in Vancouver. We did this podcast and I, I just, I remember being in business school. I didn't really like it, but one aspect I did like about it was the social events of it, the networking events, going to, you know, I went to NSCC and there was a thing, uh, it was like a, a club, social club. And I used to go and I just used to love talking to people and people used to say to me, you're a great listener. They, you know, I, I really cared about what people were saying because it made me feel like when I heard other people's problems, it made me feel, okay, wait a second. You're not the only guy with problems in this world. And that really made me feel good. So then I thought, okay, if I can transfer that over into a podcast, maybe I'll feel good all the time. So we started the podcast out in Vancouver. It did okay, but a lot of our listeners were back here in Halifax. So uh, I moved back to Halifax. I started the podcast back up again here, like I said, just talking to my buddies. And then the next thing you know, we got Austin Hardy coming on. You know, he's a, he's a name. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, Conrad Albelshizer comes on. You know, he's a name. And then the next thing you know, you get another name, you get another name. And then one, the next thing you know, people are calling you to do things. So it's not, it was, it was, it was a, it's a mixture of your passion finding you and you finding your passion. I think once it starts to click and people start recognizing, like even when you messaged me, I don't, I don't know how long ago it was like that yeah. felt good for me. It's like, yeah. okay, this guy's recognizing my work. It's yeah. a great feeling. And once you get that feeling, you're hooked, you're addicted. Yeah. And it sucks at times, like, you know, the money that you make, it can be frustrating not paying the bills on time. That's definitely frustrating. But when you have people that are saying, great job, you can't buy that feeling. No. You can't buy that. When, I, when I'm at the Mem Cup and a stranger comes up to me and says, hey, great podcast four months ago with this guy. You're like, I don't even remember that, but yeah. thank you. Yeah. You can't, so that's how you find it. You know, it's, I guess it's just waking up being happy. Like when I woke up, couldn't wait for you guys to come over. You know, it's, it's fun to talk. Yeah. So exactly. I think that's how I found it. To answer your question, I could talk about that forever, but I just, yeah. It you just got to find well. your passion. Yeah, it does matter. But it, it, it's just that first step because there's yeah. points where you're nervous. And my first podcast, I was terrified. You know, I had tons of notes. Another thing is learning the process. 
learning how to do this. When I first started, I used to have 50 notes of, okay, what am I going to ask this person? I don't know. I don't know you, but what am I going to ask you? And then I learned that that was terrible. I was, I wasn't listening to your answers. I was just waiting for my next question. So then I thought, okay, let's get rid of that. But then you become nervous because you don't have notes ready. So then you actually have to listen. So it's, it's you know, it's a trial and error. Exactly. Anyways, I could talk forever. But that's how to answer your question. But I think that matters, you know, when we talk yeah. around and, and it's interesting. So one of the things that Kelly's been helping us with is building relationships. And it's he's a good great skill at set. It. It's a good skill set. Yeah. Amazing skill set. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, not everybody has. And, and or if they have, they're not willing to actually put themselves on the line, right? To, to actually do the reach out and say, hey, you know what? Justin could have said no. It's going to be okay one way or another. Um, but the ability to actually, again, try and that, again, that resiliency piece of going, yeah, I might fail. I'm probably going to fail at some point. The world's not going to end. I'll pick myself up at some point and it's going to be okay and I'll move on. Mm-mm. Like that's huge. You got to fail every day. I send advertisement emails at least 10 times a day. Yeah. Nine of them will say no. One will say maybe. You know, you just got to keep, can't be afraid to say no. It's, no. it's, it's life. Who cares? And I think that's huge. Like everyone has a different story of how they got to where they are. And like, even like you talk about, about the podcast, start in Vancouver, like somebody out there is going to be interested in your story. And that's the same for every mentor. Like they have a story and it's about willing, if you're willing to listen, you're going to learn way much more instead of just sitting there thinking, you know, everything. And I think that's huge from like what I've seen so far from different people in the program. Like if you're willing to put the work in you're going to get something out of it no matter who you are or what you do. Mm. And I think that's huge, especially like coming to your podcast, like you're willing to sit down with everybody or not everybody, but most people and like listen to their story, how they got there. And like, and that's helped you enormously. I think to grow your podcast. And that's the same with our program. Like if you're willing to work with a mass amount of people and try to help them find out what they love, then that's, that's ideally in the end of the day, what you want to do. Like Chantel's very passionate about it, which is great to see. And it's like, she's willing to help everybody. So then eventually someone else is going to, it's rhetorical. Like they're going to become a mentor after you become a mentee. Kind oh, of I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah so yeah, like you yeah. already have that. And I think that's huge for like Dalhousie. Look at the alumni. There's the alumni is massive. There's somebody in every different sector. So if you can get the student athletes, like not everyone wants to do the same thing. So it's one of those things where you get the alumni, you can connect them very easily. And it's one of those things that's uh, good to see. I believe from working here just a month so far. Really? Yeah. Just you're, oh, wow. Yeah, and there's a huge connection. Like, everyone has a mentor, no matter who it is. It's just realizing who it is. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many mentors. You don't even have to meet your mentor. You no. know, the internet. Oh, yeah. my God. Exactly. So many mentors. One thing I really like to do when it comes to, to mentorship is not listen to what they're saying, is watch what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I find when I listen to someone, it's hard to take their information and put it into your to your own little world. Like, when I do this... I'll, I'll steal from so many people. I'll, I'll look at Joe Rogan, what he's doing with his podcast, yeah. and I'll, I'll take from that and apply it to this. I'll take from, um, uh, what's the guy's name on Barstool? Dave Portnoy, what he does with Barstool Sports. sports. I'll, I'll watch what he does and apply it to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Casey Nice, that guy. There's so many people out there that I admire, but I'm not listening to what they're saying. Yeah, okay, you can give me advice all you want, but yeah. until you actually take what they're doing and apply it to yourself, I don't think it, re- it will really make a difference. So. Don't listen to what people are saying. Watch what they're doing. If you want to be a police officer, yeah. watch what the best police officers in the HRM are doing and mimic them. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing I've applied to this, and it's helped me tremendously. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, we, we first started talking to hockey players. And that was great. Hockey's great. I love hockey. But it kind of got repetitive. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you know what? Let's talk to entrepreneurs. Let's talk to chefs. Let's talk to artists. Let's talk to... And the next thing you know, the podcast grew times 10 mm-hmm. because we're not just limiting ourselves to one thing. Same with the street interviews. Yeah. You know, you know, nervous I was doing that for the first time, but I was passionate about it. Yeah. I watched, um, what's that show with, it started with Anthony Bourdain. What's the show called? Um, Parts Unknown. That's yes. it. Where he goes and he just goes and talks to people, looks at food and stuff like that. It's like, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do that. It didn't start with food, but I was terrified to do it for the first time. I just said, I'm doing it. And then the next thing you know, we do it, you know, four or five times a week and it's paid off. Yeah. Anyways. Action. Action. <laughs> Right. Action yeah. in the face of fear, action in the face of failure, action in the face of the unknown. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, you know, Kelly mentioned a really cool point there in that the what we've seen through uh, in the last, again, year, even just as an example, we now have former mentees that have come back in and client programs as mentors. That's what it's all about. 
giving back, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, again, and also, let's face it, like for us, mentoring is not, it, it's, you know, primarily for us, it's about having a person who's more experienced in a particular area <clears throat> provide expertise and share information and really just break things down. So let's take it from what marketing looks like in a classroom to here's how it really looks in my world in a small business that is doing X amount of million uh, dollars in, in revenue working with these kind of clients. So really, again, breaking things down. But at the same time, you know, Kelly's providing feedback to Colby. So it's, it's not a one-way relationship. It's That's mutual. Good. That's good. Right? So you get the opportunity to, to, to learn from diverse perspectives mm. when, no matter if you're the mentee or the mentor. Yeah. Right. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. Helping each other. Yeah. Cause like, that's even like when I, for the moose heads, like you go on these like school trips, IWK visits, like you don't go, like you may go just to say you went, but like you go there and you gain experience from the little ones. Like you, everything's put in perspective. Give me I've an got, example of how you'd gain experience from that. So like when I, like my 20 year, we on the moose, we'd go to like IWK a lot. Yeah. And like you go and talk to the kids, like they're grateful, like every day. Like they're, they tell, they're teaching you about things that you, I didn't know about. It's hard to pick an example. I kind of forget the conversation, but I remember one guy, he was just like so happy every day he woke up. Like he would like go in the hallways. He's talking to everybody around him, the nurses, the other kids. And he just like makes you realize like, wow, like I'm in a grateful situation. Like I want to take advantage of every day I have just like this little guy's doing it. He's positive. He's outgoing. And, uh, we invited him to a couple Moosehead games and he ended up going stuff, which was great. And it's just those experiences that make you put value on your life. And, uh, cool. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah, it was cool. Give me some, uh, examples of where you found the most, you know, there's obviously this job is very rewarding. Maybe you could give us an example of where, you know, you found a lot of reward and, you know, maybe helping someone like Kelly or helping another person. Yep. Uh, you're, I wake up every single morning loving what I do and, and doesn't mean I love every single part of it. So I, I, you know, um, for me, the fuel for doing the things that aren't so fun, like the paperwork and the process, eh, I'm a people person like you, right? Like I I love learning people's stories Mm. and, and really being able to go, okay, you're doing some really cool shit. How do we help you do more? Right. And, and, or what does that look like? And and so for me, I, I fuel off of that. Mm. Um, one of the examples, and I'm not wearing it today, but, um, one of our uh, longest term clients is Edgenova. Um, so they are a not-for-profit that's responsible for promoting the province as a good study destination. So they don't promote anyone in a particular institution or program, but just saying, hey, we've got really good institutions, programs, and, and teachers. Um, and uh, they've been running a program called Study and Stay. Study and Stay? Study and okay. Stay. Um, for the last, well, we're, we're now going into year four in September. And so it's a group of about 50 international students in their final year of study who have said, I want to stay in Nova Scotia when I'm done. And so I think this was last year's program um, when they graduated from the program. So this is July. Um, we had a student from Cape Breton University. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say he was probably around 24 or so, so a bit more of a mature student, and uh, from China. And uh, his, he brought his mother to the program graduation. Mm. She, and of course he brought her over to introduce um, uh, us and she said to me, thank you for being so kind to my son. Whenever I have a hard day, that's what I remember. And, mm-hmm. and of course, they gave me a beautiful bracelet from their home pro- um, province in China that, you know, is a, is a reminder, but it's grounded in, thank you for being kind. Mm-hmm. And you just go, okay, you know what? <laughs> we made a difference. Even if it's only one, we and, made yeah, a difference. That's that feeling I'm talking about yeah. at the Mem Cup when people, you know, that's that feeling. Nothing like it. Yeah. That, that's the fuel that, you know, I, you don't need anything else but what you're doing to, to, to keep going. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's really cool for me even having Kelly sit in on this. Yeah. Right. You know, just seeing it, seeing people do what it is that I'm so <clears throat> damn passionate about, which is I never want to see somebody that we've worked with five years down the road and their shoulders are drooping, their energy is down. And when I ask them what they're doing or if they're happy, their answer is no. Or it's a, well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing ABC. It's like, but is that really what you wanted to do? Yeah. No, no, nah, we're not on, we're not doing what we're supposed to do in this world. Then, mm. you know, when I get one of the very first students we started working with before we were even a company. So this was before we knew if there actually was going to be a business here. Mm. Um, uh, again, international student at the time, um, from China and, um, confidence was something she was working on. Mm. Um, very personable, love talking to people. 
have one of the best business cards. I still remember it to this day because on the back, hashtag hire me. I'm awesome. <laughs> to the point. Yeah. I'm not going to forget it, right? Um, but she, you know, ultimately she, she got to work with a, a, a startup here, which she was really passionate about working and kind of figuring this, this out. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple years later, she made the decision that she was going to go home because she wanted to start her own business. And so she sent me a quick video, and I think we, we have it at the office, but um, of her literally on the plane heading back to Shanghai, like just sending a quick note to say how happy she was that she had the courage to do what she was about to do. And we were only a teeny tiny little part of that, but she's smiling ear to ear, and I believed her. Mm. Like it's things like that, you know, ultimately that are success. Mm. Um, and we want to do more of that. So our goal at On Point is to take it from the 2,500 or so that we've worked with to a million. Wow. That's a goal. Yeah. A million. Yep. No pressure, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only here two more months. So I don't know. <laughs> I have big expectations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's really, really, really cool, guys. There's definitely a market for that. At, uh, not even here in the Maritime, just across the world. Everyone has that problem. Yeah. Not problem, but everyone has that hump to get over. Yeah. So if you can help... I think that's great. That's a really cool thing. I'm biased, but I think so too. When you start to look at Deloitte just released a survey um, a couple years ago now, something to the effect of 63% of millennials, mm. which will be all of us, want leadership development. That's one of the number one things that they care about. It's not salary. It's not benefits. It's not time off. I want the ability to grow. So if your organization can't give that to me, mm. I'm not staying. I might not even come. When they went further and they started to look into actually retention, 68% of the same group of millennials that stayed more than five years, want to guess what they had? What? Mentorship. They had somebody in their corner, structured, helping them actually grow in the organization. So it wasn't a matter of saying, hey, we've hired you. Here's this role that we hired you into. This is your box and you're going to stay there. It and that's what I feared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of individuals do. I think a lot of, and don't get me wrong, I do think a lot of individuals do that, but I think a lot of athletes fear that. Yeah. If you're an athlete, you know, why are you at the gym? Because you want to stay the same? No, because you want to get better. Exactly. Why are you doing all this extra stuff? It's, no, it's because you want to get better. I think a lot of athletes have that problem. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Like, amazing point. And I think, again, as an employer, that represents an opportunity and a challenge that you're either going to rise to or you're not. Mm. Because if you want the best talent, it's not just about attracting them, it's about retaining them, which mm. means giving them the room to be able to grow, spread their rings, find new ways to be able to to improve and reach different heights, mm. right? And I think that's part of the value, quite frankly, working with a small business. Not that larger businesses can't have that, but it requires a different kind of intentionality, I guess, to make sure you've got room for that. Yeah, right? agreed. Yeah. Well, guys, that's a great conversation. Jesus, we're almost at an hour no. here. Um, <laughs> so what's the so what's the future for On Point? Give me the give me. You don't have to give me the the blueprint of what the future is. Obviously, you, you want to get to a million. Um, that's a that's a goal. So what do you what, what are you thinking here across Canada, North America, even in like what's what's your What's the next step here for you guys? Yep. Uh, immediate next steps for us is ap absolutely expanding outside of Atlantic Canada. So we've been doing a fair amount of work within province. It's great. Second home for me. Love it. Atlantic Canada. We're close. We're tight knit. Um, great. We would love to be able to work with more sports teams, organizations, leaders and employers across Canada. Absolutely want to get into the U.S. as well. So we've got some conversations with NCAA schools um, on the books as well. And so trying to find where there's a great alignment, Justin, between what we're doing and what a client wants. It's not, as you'll appreciate, if we need to push the boulder up the mountain, it's not a right fit. So mm. for us, it's about finding where there's a real alignment to do something meaningful and do something meaningful quick to support their athletes, students or employees. Cool. What about you, Kelly? What's the next step for you in life? Probably uh, got multiple steps, but yeah, for, for me, I'd like to graduate first. I feel like I'm on the <laughs> nine year plan, but uh, <laughs> um, no, yeah, I graduate next year. So one more year at Dow and I got one more call up next summer. So from there, it depends, you know, maybe I'll go get my face bashed in the East coast maybe <laughs> for a bit. So or it depends how much fire I have left for hockey after this season. Yeah. Uh, obviously I can sit here and talk hockey forever, but uh, if not either business marketing, I'm a big fan, like going to event marketing, just kind of promote a product kind of thing. That's what I like to do. I like to talk to people, but if not, maybe RCMP or city police. So one, but it's just figuring out what I got to do. And I, you know, I've had that little step of what I want to do, but it's realizing, all right, sitting down and actually creating a plan cool. once, but yeah, it's, right now it's kind of wide open. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. You'd rather have it wide open. You exactly. have all your options. You can look at everything. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. 
Awesome. All right. Last minute is your guys. So if you want to thank anyone, family, friends, employees, people in the past, you and then Kelly, you'll go second. So go ahead. First, thanks you. Thanks, yeah, Justin, for having no worries, us on. No worries. Anytime. Uh, you know, this was a, a first for us. And I think it's been, again, a great example of where there's an alignment in, in topic and then being able to share what you're passionate about. That's what I'm most appreciative of. And of course, for me, you know, family's been a part of that. Friends, um, as an entrepreneur, you need people around you that are going to boost you up when things do not go your way and or the way that you thought they would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't think any of us get um, to that point without that. You know, Kelly mentioned informal mentors. Shout out to every single one of them, as well as our amazing clients. We wouldn't be where we are today, almost getting, well, actually, we are celebrating our one year of On Point. Congratulations. Them. That's Thank awesome. Yeah. Champagne tonight, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think June 26th is our official yeah. There you go. There you go. Summer will be here then, too. Yeah. I'm holding you to it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Kelly? Yeah, no, I just thank you for letting us come on and it's no a pleasure. You know, it's fun to get on my first podcast. Always listen to podcasts between Spit and Chicklets, yours and Joe Rogan and all that. It's oh, kinda... wow. You're putting me up there. That's, yeah. a, little, that's a little high. No, but no, it. it's just the ones I listen to. And it's one of those things where it's already been 55 minutes. It doesn't feel like that whatsoever. Like it uh, feels like it went two minutes. I just want to thank Chantel as well and On Point for the opportunity to have my co-op here. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. I hope everyone listening learned a little bit from what you guys were saying. So appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Thank you. Everyone listening, make sure to go to all of our social media outlets. Like, subscribe, comment, YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud. I think I said them all. You guys know what to do. Thank you very much. I love each and every one of you. We are out. She told me they won't catch you when you fall. You know this thing won't end well. Tell somebody shot the sheriff if it's you, I ain't gon' pay bill. She says, Good morning, wake up, wake. Good morning, wake up, wake. Good morning, wake up, wake. Wake up, wake. Wake up and get yourself to church, Church don't take no holidays He said I'll count my anger in the storm Until your tears leave away Don't want these trees looking for beef Cause there's another with a cold flame She says Good morning Wake up, wake Good morning Wake up, wake Good morning Wake up, wake Wake up, wake Wake up and get yourself to church, I can feel the spirit moving when I'm lighting up the stage. Who listening when you pray? It just depends on your taste. She said, Tell me.